You are listening to The Secrets of Disney on sqpn.com, the StarQuest production network, leading the way. This episode is brought to you by Bluehost. Create your own website or blog with a .com domain name for just $6.95 per month. Go to sqpn.com and click on the Bluehost banner for more information. And by the Amazon Store. Shop at Amazon by clicking on our Amazon link at sqpn.com and your purchase will help support our show. Ladies and gentlemen. What's there, Mama? 10,000 years will give you such a crick in the neck. How do you do? How do you do what? Show me the smile. If you can't say something nice, don't say nothing at all. Very nice. You can sit by me. Everything's so wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, get up. Come on, get up. Where are we going? Up to Neverland. You must kiss me. Excuse me? Please, princess. One kiss. Unless you beg for more. Welcome to another episode of The Secrets of Disney. I'm your host, Father Roderick, and today we will be talking about another classic Disney movie, one of the earliest uh, uh, full-length movies uh, made by Walt Disney. Uh, This one based on the story, the originally Italian story of Pinocchio. And uh, to talk with me about this uh, wonderful movie are two Disney experts... We've got Mike Kuipers. Hi, Mike. Hi, Father. I don't know about the expert part, but uh, oh, sure, I, I am a fan. So. You've, you've, you're a fan. That's all that counts. And also joining us, Deborah Shaven. Hello. Hi, and welcome back to The Secrets of Disney. I'm looking forward to talking about this movie because I was pleasantly surprised. I hadn't seen this movie since forever, I think, since I was uh, myself a little boy. Not wooden, but... <laughs> and, uh, and and so re-watching it brought back a lot of memories, but also it blew me away because the movie was so much deeper and uh, more interesting than I remembered it. I, I only remembered vaguely the the overall story, and I remember that it made a huge impression on me that, that this little boy could go to this wonderful pleasure island and then was turned into a donkey. Uh, and <laughs> I, I thought it was so unfair, because otherwise Pleasure Island seemed like such a great place to be. <laughs> but, uh, they used to have a... Um a nightclub district here at Disney um, in Florida that was called Pleasure Island. Really? So, yeah. <laughs> and the customers uh, went back as donkeys as well. Yeah. Well, you know, metaphorically speaking, yeah, probably. Uh, they were yeah, probably, probably donkeys probably before they went there. <laughs> after, after spending all that money. <laughs> so let's let's talk about uh, the origins of the, of the movie. Uh, as far as I know, it was based on an Italian story, or was it a fairy tale? Or um, Deborah, it's can a you... series of comics, actually, or a series of of um, I would almost say allegories. Oh, really? Yeah, because um, it was done in like a miniseries style, but um, it's kind of like there was a, a a a point to all of these stories, which is you know how to raise your children, oh. and um, so uh, these series of of allegories or these series of stories, you know, when Walt got a hold of them and he bought the rights in 1934 to the English version of the story, he basically said, "Oh, let's just put them all together in one big." movie so that's kind of how you got Pinocchio interesting and that also explains why 
the movie Pinocchio itself is uh, a very moral tale. Um, in fact, I think it's much more a, a morality tale than uh, Snow White was. Even though in in those movie in that movie as well there were there were uh, a lot of moral themes, but in Pinocchio it's really over the top. <laughs> it's like one big how to raise your children, how to prevent them from becoming liars, and and you know <laughs> and and mean spirited you know selfish yeah. children. Yeah, um, that's the interesting thing about this. If if you actually did read the um, original version of Pinocchio, it's completely different, obviously, than the Disney one. Of course, Disney, when he takes a fairy tale, he usually takes all the uh, stuff we don't like about the characters and gets rid of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it and a Pinocchio is no exception because in the original um, Pinocchio, you had uh, Walt felt that there was no sympathy whatsoever for Pinocchio. You kind of wanted him to get his come, come Oh, really? Up. He was a mean little puppet. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so he was like, well, we can't have that because then nobody's going to want to see this movie about this mean-spirited little puppet. So huh. he uh, had to change um, some of the actions that Pinocchio did and some of the um, the things that uh, that came out of that and, and even how Pinocchio became a real boy. It, it, also, the way Pinocchio looks is very, very different from the Italian Pinocchio. I remember um, I, I studied for two years in in Rome in Italy, and there are lots of stores where they sell you these wooden Pinocchio puppets. But it's uh, it's very, the only thing that is similar is the the nose, you know, the the big nose. But it's usually Pinocchio is totally in red and has his little point pointy head. Um, but this Pinocchio, at least, is my my first uh, reaction. My my first impression was like, wow, it looks like almost a cross between. The Italian Pinocchio and and Mickey Mouse because he's got the Mickey Mouse gloves, you know. <laughs> well, that was the problem is that when they, you know, when they're developing, you know, a couple of the characters, not just Pinocchio, they couldn't quite get it the way that you know um, that looked right. You know, um, the first couple of renditions of Pinocchio, the first couple of drawings, uh, he was very puppet like, but then they they found. You know, he wasn't that cute. <laughs> we gotta have cute. Yeah, well, the just... original Italian Pinocchio doesn't look cute at all. He's he's almost a bit scary. Yeah. And they did give him Mickey Mouse gloves because he had they had trouble drawing his hands. The animators originally could not get the hands right. So, in um, an homage to Mickey Mouse, they give him Mickey Mouse gloves, including four fingers instead of five. Yeah, I believe so. <laughs> So what happens when he becomes a real boy? Does he have five fingers all of a sudden? Or is that a little glitch? (laughs) (laughs) I never thought about that. I think the fairy made a mistake there. (laughs) I hadn't paid that much attention. Me neither. (laughs) So the the original Italian stories were like, that must be way before uh, um, the the, the remake by by Disney, right? We're we're talking like 1900 or even before that? We're talking the late 1880s, um, 1890s, somewhere in the the 1800s. Um, So yeah, they're about, you know, 50 years prior to to the actual movie being made. And so Walt Disney was was already a fan of these stories, probably walked around with this idea of, I want to turn this into a movie. But of course, he he, he wanted to make Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs first. Um, yeah. and, and so how did the movie come about? Well, that's, that's up for debate, actually, because I've read four different accounts of like, oh, he used to read this to um, Roy Jr., you know, as a child and thought, no, or that he was wandering through a library and... And but or that an Italian um, uh, journalist gave him the idea, or that you know he just 
you know, it, it, there's not really a good story. Like, you know, with uh, Snow White, it was it was the fir- one of the first movies he saw. So he was eager to remake it as a cartoon. Mm-hmm. But with this one, I don't know the real reason he decided to make it. <laughs> so there's a little bit of mythology going on there, probably. Yeah. With the, oh, he's already reading that to Roy Disney and <laughs> yeah, over and story, over again. Yeah. <laughs> and then one day... And it wasn't going to be the second movie anyway. It was... Oh, really? Yeah. Was, no. no it, was, it was supposed to be the third after... Um, Bambi. After Bambi. Right. Oh, really? So Bambi was was scheduled as... The, had they already started production on, on Bambi then? Yes. Oh yes, but they, huh. but the animators were having a really hard time drawing deers that moved and looked natural. Oh really? So, uh, so that was holding up the whole production. So uh, they they moved Pinocchio ahead. Huh. Uh, Interesting. Moved it up. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, Pinocchio production on Pinocchio started about three or four weeks after the release of Snow White. Wow, that so. quick. Yeah, that so they already knew that they had a hit on their hands, and that uh, that probably well, that, would. You because- say that, but Pinocchio technically, at the time that it was released, was not a, a hit. Or are you meaning Snow White? I well, mean, yes, I was Snow thinking. White I was thinking about the oh, financial uh, ability of, of of Disney to pull off another big movie, because of course Snow White had uh, required huge investments, mm-hmm. and uh, but I guess that they knew right after it hit the theaters that it, that they would make their money back and that they would get the money to uh to 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 do Pinocchio because you know even at the time it must have been a very very expensive endeavor to make a fully animated movie i mean it's much We're easier to make a, re- a regular movie yeah hundreds of animators and you know years of work so yeah. Yeah, it, I imagine it took uh, millions of dollars then it would take multi multi million dollars now but one of the things they had going for them was that they, because of the success of Snow White, that they were ha- they had more animators on this one, and people knew what they were doing from the from their. That's true. The first yeah, one. they already so, had uh, all the technology in place, and uh, uh, right. they they knew that they could pull it off. Uh, it just takes a lot of yeah. time. <laughs> well, and they actually did have. More, they invented more technology for Pinocchio too. Yeah, just like overhead shots and things like that. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was this also? Uh, did they use the um, multi-layered camera uh, or? Yeah, or? the multiplane. Yeah, the multiplane. Mm-hmm. I saw that yeah. one when I was visiting uh, Disney World. Uh, they had. Um, uh, uh, I think we visited a Disney mu- museum, and yep. they showed yep. the multiplane. It's a huge thing. It's like yeah. it's it's. Wow, it just blew me away. I saw a little <laughs> clip on YouTube and but I didn't I didn't realize the size of that thing. Yeah. And and especially because these movies were filmed in 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 well, actually I'm not sure. This was not made in widescreen yet, was it? No. No. Like the later later animated movies were yeah. really like uh what is it? 235 yeah. uh and and but this is kind of more 4 by 3 more television yeah. screen uh Right. Yeah, the widescreen didn't come in until '53, I think. So. Wasn't wasn't uh, Cinderella the first widescreen movie? Or oh, uh, I wouldn't know that. I'll have to do research so. on. Yeah, that. we'll we'll look into that when we get to that movie. <laughs> yeah, when we get to that movie, okay. <laughs> but yeah. now you get children complaining that that uh, Pinocchio is not filling their whole, you know, right. widescreen television. <laughs> yeah. It's got black bars. <laughs> well, there's that. There's uh, the Disney View or whatever they call it. There's a, a setting that. Mix it that way if you want it that way. 
But oh, really? Yeah, but then you, 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 it crops off part of the picture. Yeah, I don't think you want no. that as a purist. No, you you want to see don't. everything, especially because the 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 latest uh, remastering of Pinocchio is just incredible. I've seen the Blu-ray version, and it just blew me away. B l u me away. Um, it was uh, it was really it was so detailed and so bright and colorful and just unbelievable. I mean, you could even see the 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 little you know the brush marks and everything on the on the various uh how do you call these these transparent uh, sheets that they use for the for the animation the cells the animation cells animation cells yeah oh my goodness it was awesome of course they 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 can now use a lot of uh digital enhancement and and color correct and and get rid of all the noise but really the the latest remastering of the movie looks like the the movie was made yesterday it, it definitely uh you can only tell by the style of the animation that it's old but uh, in terms of the color quality and the sharpness it's just uh just like the more recent movies fantastic anyway let's um uh let's talk about the characters in uh, pinocchio uh, because there are a lot of them um of course we've got pinocchio himself do we know who who voiced pinocchio dickie jones dickie jones did he do anything else for for disney or no. i don't know any of these <laughs> names <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not aware of it i think a lot of these voice actors were complete unknowns and and and, and you, you had to be lucky to be even credited at the end of the movie because it, it wasn't re- it wasn't seen as a very important thing um usually they got very low wages and <laughs> everybody forgets about them it's not like nowadays you've got mark hamill who voices uh the joker in batman and he's he's even more well, famous now for 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 his batman uh, voiceovers than than he was for uh, luke skywalker <laughs> well so, they were famous in in their own ways i guess because some were like radio actors and some were oh, okay. like uh, um cliff cliff edwards uh, yeah. Yeah, he he, he does uh, Jiminy singer. Cricket, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So he was, was well very known. popular at the time. Oh, okay. Yeah, Jiminy Cricket is is interesting as a character because in the original stories, uh he was just a minor detail. Uh so what what made Disney amplify this character so much? Oh, that's a good question. Um I don't think Pinocchio was a, a strong enough character to carry the movie. I don't think his value system, he was kind of wishy-washy. So they needed somebody with a, with a more um, developed personality to do that. In the um, original book, what it, <laughs> Jiminy Cricket appears only once, mm-hmm. or actually a cricket. He wasn't Jiminy Cricket. He was just yeah. a cricket. Appears only once, and um, Pinocchio kills him with a mallet. Hits him with a really <laughs> kills Jiminy Cricket because he's he's kind of nagging Pinocchio to be a better child, and oh. so Pinocchio kills him with a hammer. No wonder everybody hates. Nobody. No wonder everybody hated the Italian Pinocchio. <laughs> what a cruel little boy. <laughs> and and Jiminy Cricket is is an expression, right? Is, is it that yeah. an expression after the movie, or was the movie based upon the expression? It's based on the expression because um, the expression and even. If you watch Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, when the one of the um, the uh, dwarf says Jiminy Crickets um, in as a explanation, and it was um, a term used in the place of using the name of Jesus Christ. 
instead of you know it's instead of oh, you know that's using why it's the JC, Lord's name of in vain, course. they'd say yeah. Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> oh, now it starts to, I start to put things together. I was like, that was the, that was the first thing that struck me was like Jiminy Cricket, JC. He is the conscience of of Pinocchio. Could it be like a reference to Jesus Christ? But this makes it, yeah. This this <laughs> kind of puts it all together. <laughs> now, of course, we've got uh, uh, Mr. Geppetto. Uh, who is Pinocchio's dad, basically, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The the toy carver. Yeah, he's he's a, more a toy maker. He's not he's not really yeah. a puppeteer, but he makes this this uh, little boy, and then uh, prays that he can become a real boy or or makes yeah. a wish. It's kind of a it's, it's, you never know if he's praying or whether it's wishing or a, it's basically the same, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And then we've got uh, some uh, animal. Uh, characters, y- some yes, some comic have. relief uh, that's been kind of the hallmark of almost every animated movie by uh, by Disney, and we've got um, two opposites: a cat and a fish. <laughs> <laughs> and they like each other occasionally too. <laughs> occasionally, yeah, <laughs> not, yeah, not always. I mean, yeah. at the beginning, they're like uh, a little bit uh, rivals, I think, for the for the attention of uh, of Geppetto. And and isn't Figaro jealous when when uh, Geppetto starts to dance with Pinocchio? Yeah. Like, well, yeah. Figaro, the character of Figaro was based off of um, the animator was trying to use the personality of his like four year old nephew or something like that. So it's a, a kind of a toddler attitude of, of pouting and and uh, yeah. acting like a child. And Figaro, believe it or not, goes on um, to re- – he, he lives on in Disney history because Figaro – the basis for Figaro becomes Minnie Mouse's cat in future really? uh, Disney. Yes, Figaro lives on. <sighs> that is too funny. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. So Figaro, of course, is, a, is, a, is, a, is an Italian uh, name. Uh, that you might know from from the opera by Mozart, uh, the the marriage of, of Figaro, um, and uh, well, I guess it's it's just another it's just like Geppetto. It's it's a part of the Italian uh, landscape in which uh, this movie takes place. Um, let's see who else have we got. We've got the the bad guys, Honest John, and uh, the the uh, his accomplice. Gideon. Yeah. Oh, his, his name is Gideon. Yep. Okay. Interesting. Uh, um. Yeah, so Gideon is the one that is he doesn't say anything during the movie. In fact, he did have lines scripted. He's the he's the drunken um cat, I guess yeah. you could say. Yeah. Uh but he did have lines scripted and he was supposed to have them um Disney had Mel Blanc who does Bugs Bunny of Bugs Bunny fame uh-huh. came in and did the lines for Gideon, but in the end they decided to cut all of his lines except for one hiccup that you hear that is a Mel Blanc hiccup. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> now, is he in the credits for that or not? <laughs> yes, he is. Oh, wow. He is in the credits for that. That's cool. I believe so. <laughs> and then we've got um, a, a real sinister bad guy, um, Stromboli. Stromboli. Uh, this, he's got this big black beard, and he's kind of a cross between an Italian, like an angry, drunk Italian, and a gypsy. <laughs> it's kind of hard to, uh, to see what he really is, but um, I think he's just a lot of cliches put together into one villain. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and the interesting thing, uh, Charles... Uh, Jules, I guess I don't know how you pronounce his last name, but he does two villains. He voices the two villains, two very distinctive um, accents going oh, really? on here. He does Stromboli, and uh-huh. then in the later he does the Coachman, oh, where he is that so, so he has a, a Cockney accent with yeah. the Coachman. 
So but, he he was wow. a famous um, character actor in um, in the day. Interesting, because the coachman, just like Stromboli, is kind of a diabolical character and and very very evil. Interesting that they they took the same voice actor for both of them. And yeah. I, I you can't tell <laughs> because of course when but you're you watching the movie, it's it you're you're you, you don't focus on the on the voice that much. You, you just see a totally different uh, character, and and so I had no idea. <laughs> Now, don't tell me that he also voiced the Blue Fairy, because I'm not going to believe that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah. Is this the Evelyn, first, is this the first time that we see a fairy in, in, the Dis, in Disney history? Uh, I think, I think Ooh, it is. That's a good question. And yeah, I... But in a way, Snow White had, had fairy-like qualities, but... Uh, yeah, no. I, well, that, I, and I'm trying to think if any of the, the Silly Symphonies had fairies in them, and I, they might be, so, but it's... Yeah. I'd have to go back and really look at the the time marks for the silly symphonies, the the short stories that mm. um, Walt was putting out. Um, with yeah, the, there uh, might have been fairies and other stories, yeah. other short cartoons, but this is the first major appearance of a fairy in in Disney. And actually, in the in the actual um, book, it wasn't really. A, I don't think he meant it as a fairy as much as a a nymph or a. Um, a muse of some sort, hmm. but it was actually a, a somebody dressed in white with blue hair, which is why it's the blue okay. fairy. But, that, <laughs> but this, uh, this time, the, the, she's dressed in blue and she's got white hair, right? Right. <laughs> blonde, blonde hair. Yeah. She's a blonde, and, and, and Walt wanted her to be a natural beauty, you know, something a little more pure than the bombshells of their day. So, no Betty Boop. Yeah, she's, she's almost like a motherly figure. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And right. uh, but definitely the quintessential fairy. We've seen lots and lots of fairies in in later uh, Disney movies. But uh, it's it's nice to see how Disney introduces this uh, very ancient fairy uh, um, creature in 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 the stories. Uh, because of this, of course, goes back way back in time. Um, the the fairy basically means something like uh, it's the fair people, the 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 good people, good folk, uh, legendary mythical creatures. Uh, supernatural, and they appear in in many tales and stories and and uh, and fairy tales and in mythology. Uh, they're uh, a bit kind of the opposite of of goblins and and the evil creatures. And uh, there is also a little bit of um, you know they've got some angelic features as well. Sometimes wings and they can fly and they you know can do miracles. And uh, that is definitely. Uh, what this blue fairy uh, does because she is, uh, well, ultimately the one who uh, gives Pinocchio his his life and um, and then continues to guide him uh, at, at various points. So there's even a bit of a, a, a Mother Mary type of, of archetype in there as well, I think. It's funny you say that because Mike and I are like, is Father going to you know look at the blue fairy and say Mother Mary? <laughs> well, it's an archetype. I'm not saying it's not a metaphor. No, no. It's it's not like oh, of course Pinocchio is Jesus or Jiminy Cricket is Jesus and Pinocchio is us and then the fairy is an angel or Mary. But but there are rem- reminiscences and and of course this is uh, this was part of the American culture in which these movies were made in which these stories were retold and so it makes sense that that Disney uh, and that the animators and the writers at Disney took a lot of the existing you know stories and uh, and 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 concepts that people were familiar with and integrated them in the movie so yeah i don't think it's pushing it to say that there are that this blue fairy has certain 
characteristics of the Mary figure uh, in, uh, in 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 Catholic uh, in Catholic faith. But we'll we'll we might get back to that later on when we go into the uh, symbolic uh, elements and and symbolic layers of this movie. But let's first uh, go through the rest of the characters. We've got, of course, uh, Pinocchio's later pal in evil. Um, it, what's his name again? Lampwick. 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 <laughs> and, and he's the prototypical bad little boy, you know, the the 13-year-old, you know, our lust, you know, kid that's, you know, smoking and swearing and drinking, you know, way before their time. And I remember know. that when I was watching this movie as a kid, my mom would say, see, this is why you have to pick your friends carefully and you don't pick friends that are evil and that do these bad things because then you'll end up like Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yes, I, I think Lampwick was a lot like, probably like Pinocchio was in the original source uh, book. You know, I mean, he was not a, a mm-hmm. nice character. And I think he was probably like Lampwick. Could be, but could very well be. That, Lampwick yeah. kind of con- contrasts to, to Pinocchio's personality. Yeah. In the Disney version. Well, and you need that. You need someone to introduce him. You need someone close to introduce him to in to the the temptation and everything. Uh, because, uh, well, well, we'll get to that later on. But but Pinocchio thinks that he's making a good choice. He just he's mistaken about the the consequences and about the ultimate good of of what he's pursuing. But uh, uh, yeah, you you need a pal like that to <laughs> to, <laughs> to move the story forward. Um, and then uh, of course we've got the ultimate uh, monster. Uh, uh, the whale at the end of the story, um, who is called Monstro. Um, well, Monstro is just Italian for monster. Or monster. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, talking about biblical references and reminiscences, uh, definitely uh, uh, mm-hmm. some some biblical themes in there as well. Uh, which, again, uh, not surprising because the original tale was from uh, from Italy. And, right. uh, well, that's a very Catholic country. <laughs> oh. <laughs> interesting thing about Monstro that I want to bring up, and it, it's probably more production detail than anything, is that um, one of the n- new techniques that they brought in with this particular movie is they hired a full-time puppeteer uh-huh. um, to work on the movie with them and to build puppets and models for oh. the animators to use uh, during the filming of this movie. And one of the... Um, one of the big models they made was Monstro and he was like five feet long and you know oh, you really? could actually go inside of him and yeah so and they <sighs> so they could see how he moved and then they also did a full-size coach for the coachman they did of course the Pinocchio um what else they there's a couple other models that they did that um yeah they must have made to- some of the puppets in 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 uh, Geppetto's uh uh shop I mean they're they're Lots of things that are like the clocks and everything that perhaps they didn't make a model of all those things, but you can tell that they've done some research on how this could move, and it all seems uh, very, very um, natural. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. It, it's amazing the detail they put it. They put into everything, especially into Geppetto's shop. And, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, it's a, even a bit over the top. You know, we've got these these sequences where everything is. All these clocks are starting to move, and it's like, okay, yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Cool <laughs> animation. Let's move on. Let's get on with the story. <laughs> so the yeah. movie at times is a bit slow, but uh, I guess that too is is part of the 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 era, the the time during which it was made. People were less ADD than nowadays. 
<laughs> yeah. Of course, Pinocchio, not only known for uh, its uh, animation, but also for the music. There are some very memorable songs in this movie. And I, I want to ask you, uh, Deborah and, and Mike, what are your favorite songs of this movie? I'm going to start with Mike. <laughs> well, uh, obviously, uh, When You Wish Upon a Star, that's the big one. I mean, that's the one everyone remembers. It's sort of the one that uh, it yeah. symbolizes or, or, you know, what Disney becomes later on. You know, it's like making all your dreams come true. It's sort of the... Uh, it's no. it's what they use extensively in their uh, yeah. um, PR in their advertisements yes. for Disney World and Disneyland and it, uh, Disneyland yeah. Paris. It's it, like, oh, your wishes come true uh, as long as and you. And it's uh, a beautiful melody, beautiful words. That's true. Uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, when you wish upon a star, actually, kind of became our corporate theme for Disney. And then also, um, one thing that. And I know you haven't done this, and not a lot of people that are listening probably have. But if you go on a Disney cruise ship, mm-hmm. there's uh, three of them out there right now. The instead of a, a horn where it you know plays a horn blast when it comes into port, it plays when you wish upon a star. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> so it's very distinctive. I um, saw the ad. I saw, I saw the television ad on the on the TV while I was you know in the hotel at Disney at Disney World, but I didn't hear that one. <laughs> it's it's such a surprise when you when they pull out at five o'clock when they leave the the port. The first thing you hear is the distinctive when you wish upon a star and you know coming from the horn and it's just kind of a magical experience. <laughs> but uh, but not only is that song became a theme song, but Jiminy Cricket himself I think has become a spokesman for Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. You know, becoming like their figurehead in oh, a sense. Really? You know, not like Mickey Mouse, but more of a a different figurehead. Hmm. Well, he's uh, definitely a, a very uh, moral. Uh, nice guy. So yes, <laughs> he embodies, I think, a lot of the values of Disney, or at least something the 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 values that they transmit in a lot of their movies. So, well, it, yes, I was going to say he he narrates um, the voice of Jiminy Cricket narrates all the parades and fireworks at Walt Disney World. Oh, really? Or at, I mean, at Magic Kingdom, not yeah. Walt Disney World. So. And during the fifties, uh, on on uh, Disney on uh, the Mouseketeers, you know, he would uh, he was also. The one who would teach you lessons about safety with fire and things like that. Mm. Um, they had little animated uh, stories. And he also was the uh, introducer of the encyclopedia when they would do a a thing on a little mini documentary on, on animals. He would sing the encyclopedia song. And, <laughs> really? Uh, <laughs> you know, and then, uh, then they would open the book and it would take you to the story. So. Fantastic. There are two uh, other songs that I really like uh, in this movie, and it's uh, Give a Little Whistle. Yes. Um, I remember just singing that as a kid. I love the melody. Of course, I was singing the Dutch version because I'm from Holland, and we, all, all these movies are dubbed. By the way, that's that's one of the differences with the orig- with the English version. Uh, if you watch the, the current DVDs and Blu-rays, it's still got all the original voice actors, whereas in Holland... For a lot of these movies, they redid the the voice acting uh, uh, recently because when it was originally dubbed, uh, we don't speak that language anymore. (laughs) People talk so differently nowadays that a kid could not understand it anymore. It's so crazy. So sometimes you have the old 
voice, uh, the the old soundtrack on on the DVD as well, and the the difference is huge. Um, but anyway, uh, why was oh yeah? So I remember singing that song, and I I also loved uh, I've got no strings. That's such a cheerful, that's cheerful melody. Actually, that was my favorite one. If I had to pick one. <laughs> That and Little Wooden Head, but not where they where Geppetto sings it. I like the orca- um the yeah. the non vocal one. Right, um, right, right. The, you yeah. know what I'm saying? The symphonic, yeah. the musical, <laughs> the the yes. yeah. The- well, and that that's because I have really um, good memories with that particular song because it reminds me of and this I'll, I'll, six seven years ago I used to work graveyard shift at uh, Disney Hollywood Studios. I'll out myself mm. there. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> in one of the queue lines for one of the attractions, it has um, that as a the backdrop for I guess Animation Courtyard as uh, a part of Disney Studios. And so in the mm-hmm. middle of the night, I'd hear it over and over again. It was it was really nice to hear it. Actually, it was kind of fun. Yeah. So it reminds me of a good time. Well, I think that that happens with a lot of these Disney movies and and the songs. Uh, they give you a happy feeling because usually you've you've seen these movies when you were happy, and you you know it's it's a lot of childhood memories are intertwined with Disney memories. Strangely enough, and that that is mm-hmm. why, why it's so cool to go to Disneyland or Disney World even as an adult, because it's you know you kind of relive your childhood and and you kind of you're reconnected to those happy feelings. So in a way, yeah. It's 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 funny how uh, Walt Disney has created much more than just a storytelling empire. It, he he creates almost like a parallel universe where you can sometimes just hop in and and think back of, of the olden times. Um, let's talk about the more uh, uh, down to earth um, uh, data or or material right here now. Uh, when the movie came out, uh, Deborah, you said it wasn't a success. Or, or no, it wasn't. Um, what happened? It did, it's a. I gotta say, it's a darker film than Snow White. It was. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of different things that went on. Um, darker film, you know, a little more scary actually than Snow White was. Absolutely, it has a lot more villains in it than Snow White did, mm-hmm. and it just it cost too much to produce, so they had a negative two point two million dollar. <laughs> cost so they only recouped about um, a million point four of that um, huh. by 1947 and part of that was because the time of the release was during the second world war in Europe and they couldn't release it for months oh, in course. Europe yeah and then so, after yeah. the war nobody has had money so yeah, that, that's exactly. probably uh, it, it was a, a very difficult economic uh, time and so yeah but I yeah. guess that eventually they made their money back, <laughs> yeah, seeing that I that I just recently bought it on Blu-ray. <laughs> actually, they most of the animators that work at Disney they they suggest that Pinocchio is like the flagship picture of the company. Like it is the technically one of the best pictures ever produced by the Walt Disney Company. Wow! And yes, it was so like I, I, the high mark of of their animation. Yeah, uh, the, like they're golden age of their animation i imagine yeah well it's one of the most endearing characters that the that they've ever created and it's so recognizable and uh and, and also jiminy cricket uh, same thing i mean these He's, two are yeah. so iconic for for disney uh, I, if i had to pick um my favorite characters i have two of them one of us tinkerbell but the other one is jiminy cricket i would say mm-hmm. i i like jiminy cricket more than tinkerbell but jim <laughs> 
<laughs> Jiminy Cricket has always been one of my favorite characters. Yeah. Yeah, he has some 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 aspects of Tinkerbell, uh, size wise, of course. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but he's uh, he's a bit more um, I don't know. He's he's more grown up. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the point of I. You know, I'll stop harping on on Jiminy Cricket, but um, they wanted him to be like your average adult of the time. In fact, a lot of what he was saying, his his dialogue comes from jargon used by adults uh, back then. They, it's kind of like having you know. Somebody you can relate to within the movie. Yeah. Like, oh, thinking the same thoughts. Well, actually, he is playing, he's really t- playing the role of of Pinocchio's real dad. I mean, Geppetto is, of course, the one who created Pinocchio, but he's he's not giving much guidance to Pinocchio at all. He's, he's gone yeah. for most of the story, whereas uh, Jiminy Cricket is always there, and he talks like a parent. He's like, no, don't do that. No, 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 don't do that. And then, of course, Pinocchio is just like a kid, uh, ignoring the good advice all the time. <laughs> And then getting into trouble. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. I, I was watching Pinocchio last week, and I see the scene that you know after he becomes a real boy, and they all go to sleep, and wake up the next day, and it's like time to go to school. And I'm like, hey, don't you have to tell him what school is and where it is and how to get there? And- <laughs> yeah, that's right. He didn't register. Who knows? <laughs> he just suddenly shows up, and you know, or he would have. He's this kid. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's perhaps also why it goes wrong because Pinocchio has, doesn't have a clue what school is, and that's why he's easily swayed. And and uh, <laughs> yeah, but they had the school book for him right away. That's true. I mean, he yeah, had books to take to school with. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's funny. Um, it, the the scene where he's going to school is actually the only scene in the movie that takes place in daylight or You're in right. a, yeah. sunshine. You're right. The, the rest r- is dark. The rest is is taking place at night. Yep, or huh. in in rain, or in um, really um, overcast uh, conditions. True. Wow, I, I I didn't realize that, but that's uh, yeah, that's another uh, sign that this movie is a lot darker than than Snow White, where everything. Well, there is a scary scene at the beginning, of course, of the movie, um, but there's also a lot of you know bright sunshine and you know happy happy moments during that movie. that wraps up part one of our discussion of Pinocchio. Thanks for listening. Previous and future podcast episodes can be found at disney.sqpn.com. And make sure to follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter account is Disney Podcast. And if you like this show, please leave a review or rate the show in the iTunes store. Links can be found on disney.sqpn.com. Thanks. SQPN, leading the way in Catholic new media.